Almighty God, now as your scattered church comes before the good news of the proclamation of Christ's victory over sin and grave and hell, Lord, would you please anoint our ears again to hear afresh this proclamation of the resurrection. Lord, please give me, the preacher of the word, an ability to speak and to be clear. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lord, I pray that the good news of Christ's resurrection will not just be for those who hear, but for the one who preaches as well. So come, Holy Spirit, now and touch this place. Be with those gathered at home as we gather around the word of God again to rejoice that our Savior lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I have a confession to make, and it's this, and it really is a confession. I really have not been looking forward to Easter this year. This is just kind of sad that we're so separated. Usually, I'm like a kid at Christmas when the Easter vigil, that great vigil of the Feast of the Resurrection, whenever that rolls around, I'm, I'm so happy. My friend Tom Bose, Father Tom Bose, tells me that I become giddy. I become giddy at Easter. I love that word, giddy. It's such a great word, and it's literally true, literally true, because giddy comes from the old English word that means full of God. It means full of God. So overwhelming and, and, and effusive, not excessive, but effusive joy, filling full of God. That's how I usually experience Easter, but not this year. This year... As we are all behind closed doors for fear of the pandemic, I think the best words to describe my and many others' emotional state would be, first of all, regret. It's regret because, that because of the pandemic, we're not, we're not gathered around the baptismal font tonight, and we're not seeing, we have so many new babies at Christ Church, and, uh, and they should all be getting wet right now. And we should be thanking God for that sacrament and remembering how God's grace was poured out to us and our baptism as well. That's such a high point of this evening. <clears throat> we, there's also regret that we're not able to gather in the churchyard. We weren't able to gather in the churchyard around a blazing new fire. We almost were able to gather in church around a blazing church, but, but we were not able to gather in the churchyard around a blazing new fire. It was new, y'all. We're trying this for the very first time. We've never done this before. Standing out there with candles in our hands, and then we would process into the church from outside, going all the way through the yard and down the sidewalk and up the front steps of the church, chanting as we go. And it always, I love it, it always freaks our neighbors out. It's kind of like, what kind of cult are you going on over there? I regret that we're not all here together tonight to shout the Easter Alleluia in one accord. I regret that we weren't all here for the raucous holy noise. We, did, we all weren't here with our various noisemakers, uh, even though we did have some awesome cowbell this evening. Uh, I miss that. And along with all of this regret, many of us, and me included, have a deep sense, and if we're honest about it, I, I was out earlier today, we have a deep, uh, around people earlier, and there is a deep feeling, feeling of uncertainty and, and dread and, and gloom and maybe even a sense of doom because of what's going on in the world. 
But you know what? According to all of the resurrection accounts in the Gospels, those emotions of dread and uncertainty, those emotions that we are experiencing tonight are pretty comparable to the frame of mind that those followers of Jesus had on the first Easter. And that certainly is the case here in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. In verse 1, the scripture says this, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. So did you hear that? They went to see the tomb. These women didn't go to see the risen Jesus. It wasn't like they were, uh, you know, it's about 5.30. You think he's up yet? No, they went to see the tomb. They went to see a grave. They went to see where their dead and defeated Messiah had been buried. And by the way, we know from John's gospel exactly where the male disciples were. They were practicing extreme social distancing behind locked doors in fear for their lives. So talk about a sense of dread and doom. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And this is not a pre-dawn pilgrimage of joy. This is a pre-dawn pilgrimage of sadness and maybe even despair. They were most definitely not giddy. And yet, their firmly fixed worldview, their rock-solid expectations of what the real world is like, are shattered by a literally earth-shaking event. Verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. So maybe you're thinking that now, at this moment, these ladies' gloom has been overwhelmed by joy. Nope, probably not. Despair has not been replaced by joy, but probably by sheer terror. An earthquake, an earthquake, and what appears to be a nuclear-powered angel would tend to have that effect on people. But here's the cool thing, and this is what's great for us tonight. What happens next, what that angel says to these women is not just a message for them on that first Easter. It is a message, and this is why the Holy Spirit made sure that it was recorded for us in Scripture. It is for all of us as well. All of us who are, un, who are overwhelmed with uncertainty and with fear and dread in this time of pandemic and all of the ripple effects that is having in our lives right now. Verse 5, But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know what you seek. Jesus, I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. 
And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. <clears throat> so the angel says, Mary and other Mary, that's her name now, other Mary, do not be afraid. Something has happened here that puts your worst fears to flight. And that's the message for us as well. In the face of pandemic and government strictures over gathering for worship, indeed just prudence about gathering together in groups, and worldwide economic catastrophe, followers of Jesus, don't be afraid. Instead, the angel says, believe. The angel says to these women, listen, I know you came looking for a dead, defeated Jesus. But that kind of Jesus is not here. He's risen just like He told you He would. He's risen just like He told you He would. Believe what He has already spoken to you. This should not have come as a shock. You know, Jesus specifically, and in Matthew's Gospel it's quite clear, He specifically foretold that He would be, he would be arrested and beaten and mocked and he even said he would be crucified. He got all of that right. So trust his word. Why didn't you believe this part? Believe what he has already spoken to you. Trust his word. And church, tonight, listen, tonight of all nights, trust what Jesus has said to you. What has he said? Matthew 28, verse 20. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. John 16, Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Listen, brothers and sisters, we should have peace. Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verses 32 and following, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Listen to how he says we should feel about economics, church. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good will to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Boy, isn't that true. Jesus says to the church in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 and following, Fear not. Fear not. Do you hear this over and over again? What Jesus is speaking to you, church? Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. And finally, Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13. Behold, Church, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And we can trust Him. We can believe His Word because something extraordinary really happened historically in space and time that first Easter 2,000 years ago. The grave really is empty. The tomb really is empty. In mere months, most scholars tell us, after the resurrection, after that resurrection event, the church had developed a primitive creed and the apostles themselves passed that primitive creed along to St. Paul after he had been converted and become a follower of Jesus Christ. And St. Paul passed that creed down to us straight from the eyewitnesses decades before the Gospels were ever even written down. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that creed. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 through 7. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Kephas, then to the twelve. Then He appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, as Paul writes around 51 A.D. to the church in Corinth, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Trust him, believe him, not because Jesus is alive in your heart or in your imagination. Jesus is alive in my heart. No, trust Him and believe Him because Jesus is alive, period. Look, if I, your pastor, live within your heart, that's just precious. It's weird, but precious. But you know what? I don't care if I do or if I don't live in your heart because no matter how you feel about me, I'm just objectively tangibly, stubbornly walking around alive as of, oh, I don't know, about seven minutes till 10 p.m. on the 11th of April 2020. We can trust His Word because not only did Jesus tell us He would be scourged and mocked and crucified and died, but He also said that He would be raised on the third day and then He just went out and did it. I call that reliable. That is reliability. I call that trustworthy. Church, put away your fear and trust Jesus. He is risen just as He said. Finally, the angel instructs them to tell the good news. Then go quickly, he said, and tell his disciples that he has risen from the, from the dead. I want you to listen. That's a word for us too. Yes, the unbelieving word needs to hear that message. But that's not who needs to hear it first in the Scriptures. The first people we need to tell the good news to is one another. Other believers. So many of us are fearful and full of dread. So go tonight and tell His disciples. When you get up tomorrow morning, tell His disciples. You know, Facebook is not good for much, but it might be good for this.
tell them that he lives. Remember, remind them, remind the church that Jesus is victorious over sin and hell and the grave. Brothers and sisters, remind them that Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and bestowing life to those who are in the tombs. Remind them, just like St. Chrysostom did, that no one need fear death. The Savior's death has freed us from it. Remind them that death played the master, but Jesus mastered death. Remind them that He plundered hell as He descended into it. Remind them that death swallowed a, a body, but it met God face to face. It took earth and encountered heaven. Remind them that it took what was seen and fell in complete disarray by what was unseen. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? So what do we do with this good news? Well, we do what the women did. Verse 9, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. Listen. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Worship him, brothers and sisters. Fall at his feet in trembling joy and worship him. Christ is risen and death is overthrown. Christ is risen and demons have fallen. Christ is risen and angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life rules. Christ is risen and not one dead remains in the tomb. Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those that slept. To Him be glory and power and dominion forever. Amen. So you know what? I'm starting to feel giddy again. <laughs> Hallelujah! Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia indeed. Brothers and sisters, as a part of what we believe, in fact, as the summation of what we believe, I want you to prepare now to pray to God for all of God's church everywhere as Coburn comes up now to lead us in the prayer.